Hello and welcome to the SCU Buzz podcast. This episode's a special one for year 11 and 12 students. Obviously, it's a very nerve-wracking time at the moment for them. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a thing called COVID. Um, It's obviously put a spinner in the works for a lot of school students, particularly those in year 12. So we have the expert of all experts to help us, the Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Students, Professor Nan Barr. She joins us today to help high school students and let us know how we can navigate a stress-free pathway to uni. Nan has had extensive experience in education in both primary and secondary schools and has worked in the higher education sector for more than 20 years. She has received national and international awards and recognition for excellence in teaching and leadership of student learning support. And she joins us now. Hi, Nan. Welcome to the podcast. G'day. Hello, everybody. Now, how would you say that year 12 students at the moment are feeling with all the chaos around the HSC being pushed back? What are they thinking looking down the barrel of their exams? Well, exams are always hard, aren't they? I did an exam myself this morning for, for something somebody suggested I I do, and it, it's always very draining, both preparing for it and, and actually executing um, your responses to the exam questions. They're always hard. But I think the, uh, the worst part this year has been the uncertainty, the uncertainty of what was going to happen, how you can prepare um, for uncertainty is impossible to imagine. I can feel through my own daughter and through my nephews and uh, experience in their senior schooling this year that um, there's quite a, quite a variety of responses. In some ways, um, I know that my nephew, he's thrived. He's, he's been very happy to be engaged in self-directed learning at home. For my daughter, it's been quite different. The sorts of subjects that she's got in her uh, suite of studies um, actually rely a little bit more on being there in the classroom with with teachers with other students and so forth exploring the concepts and and performing against requirements Uh, I think the uncertainty has been the worst part and uh, I really feel for students yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned, I think it does depend on the type of person and how they like to learn. And, you know, for some people it is an easy thing to do, but for others it's been the worst time of their lives. What advice do you have for a student who is unsure whether or not they'll get the right ATAR marks to get into university? Well, not to stress, basically. I mean, it's not a one-shot um, firing squad. Um, if you don't get the ATAR you want, there, there's many ways to skin a cat. There's a number of different ways that you can, you can uh, line up and prepare yourself um, to get into the pathway that you choose. Southern Cross University has got an early offer scheme based on performance to date for kids at school so you can get an, an idea about whether you're likely to get an offer. I think you could also consider a range of different courses that might prepare you with, with the sorts of skills that will help you in the career that you choose. Once again, though, I think there's 
lots of people that actually don't quite know where they want to go anyway. And when they're choosing their their um, courses, put all of their eggs in one barrel without necessarily considering a variety of alternatives that, that, that might give them some good experiences along the way. On the outside, it seems very black and white. You get your ATAR, you go into uni, but the reality is, you know, we have plenty of pathways. Uh, so how has the process changed for high school students applying for uni next year? Well, I think um, most universities and Southern Cross universities, are a case in point, have been a little bit more um, relaxed about how, how students might come to the programs and how they might transition in and through. If you were to come to Southern Cross University, you could engage in a pathway program. Maybe the Preparing for Success program might help or the Transition to Study program might help. You might um, want to do a diploma or an associate degree or, or some studies at the SEU college that um, can actually give you advanced standing when you've completed them into a, a degree program. It's just a different way around the way, around the edges. You might actually enrol in a completely different degree um, to the one that you're aiming for if you, if you anticipate that you're not going to get the ATAR that you want or, or you're missing some prerequisite subjects and then use your studies in that other degree isn't it, for advanced standing. Or you might go and work for a couple of years and come back to us as a mature age student without needing to necessarily show us your ATAR at all. We've got something like 60% of our students at Southern Cross University have entered their degrees on other pathways other than using an ATAR. Now, you've been at Southern Cross University for a while now. What can students expect when they first arrive on campus? Do you have any highlight areas or favourite things about Southern Cross that you'd like to mention? Well, I think that the student associations are, are absolutely key and getting, in, getting involved in activities that are run through the student associations, be they online or on pers- in person. Uh, I think it's very important for students to meet other students, um, regardless of where they are in their stage of life, whether they're high school students coming into, into university or whether they're mature age students coming at a change of career point, it's, it's really important to connect with other students. And the student associations actually provide a number of different ways for you to do that. There's, um, in orientation week, we have um, something called SEU Connect, which is um, uh, an activity, a suite of activities that um, groups of students are, are formed and, and, uh, and go around solving problems and so forth. And that's, that's been really, really successful in connecting people who might be a bit shy to go out and tap other people on the shoulder or to reach out. Another thing that we have is um, a scheme called Uni Mentor, which um, where more senior students um, put their name down to, uh, to be a mentor and to, to connect with students starting at university so they can help them through some of the things that they need to understand, like how to approach assessment or how to uh, navigate some of the administration requirements. So I guess uh, the bottom line for me is that uh, a student, new student at Southern Cross University should seek to get involved as best they can. Yes, yeah, spot on. And that could also be a sporting group you could join, connecting online, having that contact of just being like, hey, 
Have you started your assignment? Because I haven't. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, of course, that wasn't me in my degree. No, absolutely not. Uh, but then I want to ask you about picking year 11 and 12 subjects, because I remember for me, this was so daunting. It felt like I had to already know what I wanted to do. And in reality, I didn't at that point. So what would you recommend for students having to pick uh, their senior subjects, particularly in COVID times when jobs that were once highly sought are now maybe not so much and vice versa? Oh, gee, that's hard because, you know, they say that people will have up to 13 different job changes across their career and maybe eight different careers uh, across across their working life. And uh, some of the things that people are doing now would have been unimaginable um, when when I was at school. And I'm sure that the same is the case now that uh, for students who are considering coming to uni next year, there's no real certainty about what opportunities are going to be there for them. But what we've seen, I think, is that uh, the concept of essential worker has framed our consideration of careers at the moment. And an essential worker, there are some careers that are always going to be there. I think we're always going to need teachers. We're always going to need health professionals. I think we're always going to need people working with technology. We'll always need culture and art and uh, and music, they're always going to be there. And I think that it's an assessment of trying to figure out where you're going to go with your career is more about what you enjoy and what what strikes resonance with you than it is necessarily trying to meet the immediate market. Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on about doing something that you enjoy as the forefront because I think that in itself will give you the opportunity to realise, oh, hang on, maybe if I go down this path, it'll be more suited or, you know, but while you're doing all that and working it out, you can also be studying and learning valuable information as well. So I think as long as that passion's there in the first place, then you have the ability to go through till the end. Yeah. As my mum used to say to me, it's not the job that you line yourself up for it's the nature of the work that you want to do so when you're thinking about you know what you want to do across your career then if serving others is what you want to do then that's the nature of the work and and what the job's called in some ways doesn't matter it's how you enjoy life do you have any advice for high school students at this moment in terms of well-being what do you think that they should do or implement, or are there any tips where you can kind of allow yourself to be a bit calmer in such a crazy situation? Well, I guess what we tend to do is we look try to look for too far in the future, thinking that year 12 is all about preparing yourself for the future. But in actual fact, year 12 is about being young, happy, having fun, making sure that you're feeling comfortable in yourself and that you're making the, most, the best of your day. It's no good always thinking about what tomorrow's going to bring when you need to also be considering how you're enjoying your current self. You know, there's a tendency, particularly coming up to exam times, to think that everything that you do now is going to have an indelible imprint on what comes in the future without necessarily thinking about what you need to be understanding and enjoying right now. It's a bit like asking a five-year-old what sort of car they want when they, when they get their driving licence. They've probably got no idea and, and uh, 
you know, and why would you spend time talking about that to them except for perhaps entertainment purpose? But when you're in year 12, people are deadly serious about this conversation about where you wanted to be and what you want to do and, and where you're going to find yourself in 20 years' time. And I, I think that a much closer focus would be much more beneficial for your well-being and sense of, sense of happiness. Yeah, be in the moment. And I'm going to go ask a four-year-old now what kind of car they want and see what happens. Now, Nan, you've written about abolishing NAPLAN in the past, which fascinates me. And I definitely agree with that because I did not enjoy that as a kid. Do you think there could be a future where ATAR could be abolished as well? I don't think so. I think there's always... There's always going to be the need for a mechanism to sort students and to rate them because we don't have we don't have unending opportunities for students to join a cohort. Like we couldn't stand at the front door of Southern Cross University and allow every student in Australia to walk through the doors. We've we've got limits, so we have to choose. There has to be something that that assists us in the choosing, and ATAR is just one of those things. So long as the universities um, are open-minded and continue to provide pathways for motivated people to prepare themselves to meet the entry requirements, then that's fine. But I think ATAR is always going to be part of the picture, bad as that might seem. Um, So I heard a little rumour on the grapevine that you actually drive around in a red Mustang with the number plates Mad Nan. I love everything (laughs) about that sentence. Can you tell me how that came about? Do people call you Mad Nan all the time or were you just I I do get it a bit. I do get it a bit. Um, I, I have to disappoint you. I have traded my Mustang in for a, a Kia Stinger, which is the chase car that the, the Queensland Police use. So it's it's got a little bit more oomph. It's um, six cylinder and dual turbos. Yes. So no longer the Mustang, but a black Kia Stinger is what I'm driving now. The um, the Mad Man. I saw someone that had a number plate that was Bad Man, and I thought, well. That's pretty good. I don't want to be bad. And I was just searching online to see what sort of other words you could pair with Nan. And it seems that this number plate was available. So I snapped it up. There's no more thinking about it than that, really. But it certainly attracted a lot of attention. I love that. Custom number plates are a huge asset these days. In a couple of years, if you ever want to sell it, you can make thousands. Yeah. Oh, they're a bit of fun. And I, yeah. and I do I do think in my job, as with many people working in the university, there's there's a, a tendency to to get into a very deep seriousness about about the about life living and our daily work. And I think the, the my number plate is a constant constant reminder to all of us. I think that uh, maybe there's something beyond the seriousness of each day. Got to enjoy your day. And I also heard that you have a black belt. Do you have any final words on that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a second down in taekwondo. Um, No, just keep keep yourself flexible and I think the important thing across your life is to keep engaged in in something that's going to make sure that you stay active. But I'm not athletic in taekwondo. I'm cunning. (laughs) 
Not athletic, just Connie. (laughs) All right. Now, well, if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm currently in year 12, I'm feeling a bit lost, very nervous about my exams. I don't know how it's going to go, even though I've put in a lot of time studying. What would be your advice for me? If I was interested in going to Southern Cross, what should be my next steps from this point? Be as cunning as a cat, you know. It's a long life. You've got plenty of time to get where you want to go. Have a look and see what other pathways there are than just the one that you might have first thought up. All right. Well, (laughs) if you are a high school student looking at your study options and pathways to uni, our study advisors are always there to help. You can call the team on 1-800-626-481 or you can send us a message on social media. Thank you so much, Nan, for taking the time to have a chat with us and all the best. Thank you very much. My pleasure.